Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? Welcome back to A View from City Hall. This is City Commissioner Chad McLeod. It's good to be back on the podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since I've done an episode. I'm kind of in the summer schedule with the podcast. It's kids are out of school. We've had a couple of vacations here and there, and um, it's been harder to get these episodes out after every city commission meeting, but I hope to resume that schedule as we get into the fall. I'm excited today to have a guest interview coming from City Hall to, to share some things with us. I will be chatting with Bill Anderson. He is the director of our water utility, and we are going to talk about all things water. We've had a number of water issues that we have discussed recently as a commission, and it is an incredibly important topic. And so I was thinking... who couple weeks ago, who could be my next guest? Who would be a great interview? And I just think there's so many water topics that residents need to know and things that may surprise us and things we can learn. So I'm excited to have Bill come in in a few minutes and sit down and talk with him. Before I do that, I wanted to just hit on a few topics that uh, we are discussing you know, as the commission. Uh, I mentioned on the last episode, we there was an announcement about the new Lakeland Gov app. So if you go to the app store on your phone, if you haven't done that, I encourage you to download that app. It, it has a lot of features on it. Uh, and you can one of the things I, I highlighted is that you can report an issue. If you see a street light that's out or pothole or something that needs to be fixed, flag it to the city's attention. It's a great tool for that. But I forgot to mention, and I think this is one of the most important and neat features of the app, is that it allows residents to submit suggestions and ideas. So if there is something that can be improved or something the city is not doing that you think this would make Lakeland a better city, this would make our city more efficient, you can submit those ideas to our city staff. And there will be opportunities for if if your idea is adopted, if it's something that's put into practice, we will announce that. We'll feature it. I believe you get a t-shirt uh, as part of that deal. So I encourage you, if you're out there, one, if you don't have the app, download it, uh, start to use it. And if there are ideas about how to make Lakeland a better place, things that you would like to see our city implement, send those in through the app. And, and I'm excited to see and curious to see what comes in through that app. So wanted to mention that because <laughs> that was one of the big points of, of the whole deal. And I forgot to mention that on the last episode. You may have seen that we are currently in the budget process for next year's uh, fiscal year budget, fiscal year 2022, which starts in October. We have to have the city's budget approved by the end of September. We have two public meetings in September where we will present and discuss the budget, but there's a lot of work that goes into getting to September and getting a budget that is ready. We have a, uh, it's a $600 million uh, budget, and, and there are a lot of items that are part of that process. We had a budget workshop uh, last week on Thursday and uh, just many topics that we're talking about. And, and I think one of the things that I said in my comments um, starting the meeting is I, it, the decisions that we make every year around the budget, I believe they're some of the most important and consequential decisions that we make as a commission. How do we prioritize projects and allocate resources? And we're talking about the millage rate and, and what should that be and property values and, and trying to keep you know, the, the property tax bills uh, as low as we can at the same time funding necessary city services. And it is a challenging process. There's a lot of uh, robust discussion, and I think there should be. I think that is uh, you have many perspectives that come into that process. 
in the form of seven commissioners, including the mayor, and we all have our own ideas and thoughts and how the budget should uh, be shaped and, and what should go into it and just philosophy of government and budgeting. And so it's there's a lot happening right now uh, behind the scenes on the budget process. And we have another meeting in August to, to kind of regroup and uh, take some of the topics that we talked about last week and revisit those and, and get closer to that September uh, having a, a finalized budget. And there's just a, a lot of work this time of year around the budget process. So stay tuned on that. You'll certainly be hearing more about um, what's going to be in the budget, things that, that may be funded or may not be funded. I want to go to Bill now. I want to bring him in and, and uh, I could cover other items. We've had you know, some development projects that have been approved by the commission, but I want to spend some time talking with Bill Anderson. And I think it's going to be a fun interview. I appreciate him coming into a view from City Hall. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And when you say uh, you're the director of the city's water utility, what all does that include? <laughs> um, basically, that includes everything uh, uh, within our service territory, both water and wastewater services. So when people uh, turn on the tap and their faucets in their homes or irrigate or, uh, you know, dishwashing dishes, using a uh, uh, clothes washer, those types of things. All that water that goes down the drain, including what goes down a shower drain and uh, flushing toilets, all come back into our system. So that it impacts every resident, every business. I mean, there's residential services, commercial. I think the mayor says it well when he says water is a service we often take for granted yes. until it's not there, exactly. until there's a problem. And then... <laughs> you're thinking about water and what's going on. Um, so that's, it's just a, it's a lot of services that are coming through your department. How many facilities talk about the locations that we have throughout the city. That was a surprise to me. So Bill was gracious. It's been, I don't know, a year ago, nine months ago. I don't remember it, when we were together, shortly but, after but you started riding around the city and, and touring some, not all of the facilities, but for me just to see, wow, these massive facilities uh, the equipment, the capital, the things that we have uh, that make up the water department. So I'm curious, how many locations and facilities do we have? So again, splitting these out to uh, both water and wastewater utilities, and we do operate them as separate utilities. On the water side, we have really two main water plants. And these are the plants where uh, the, the raw water from underground comes to these facilities to uh be treated to make it consumable, if okay. you would, for our customers. And then on the wastewater side, we also have two main wastewater facilities. We kind of have a third one, though. It's kind of a pre-treatment facility, but it is a, a, a pretty significant uh, facility itself. And that's something I think that people should know is for water to get to their house, to turn on the faucet, it's coming through one of our plants and Correct. it's treated and we make sure that it it's of the right quality, that it's of the standard to be able to, to drink and to use in your homes. And so it's just, there's a, a whole process and a team behind making that happen. There is, not just the team of making that happen, the operators who actually are responsible for that water quality, leaving the plant to make sure it's consumable, but the maintenance behind that as well, both from a, a mechanical perspective and electrical perspective, we have the team here on site 
to maintain all the pumps and motors and electronic equipment that goes into controlling those pumps and motors. All of them are on site, both on the wastewater and water side. Yeah, it's impressive. Do you give public tours? Are there groups who come through and and see those facilities? We do, yeah. We'll do that for anybody, anytime, on request. Normally, we get the school groups. Yeah. Uh, We've had elementary, middle school, high school, college level students come through, and that's on a really a regular basis, both on the water and wastewater plants as well. Yeah, it's, it's good to hear. I figured you did, but I, yeah. I think it, it would be, it is good for people to see that, and it gives you a new appreciation for everything that it takes to provide water to a city of our size. And so there's just there's a lot that's happening there. To put it into perspective, how many gallons of water do we as a city use every day? On average, uh, that, that goes to combine for both water plants, we average about 24 million gallons a day. 24 million through. gallons yes. a day. And wow. we see, of course, the peaks and flows daily to that. Obviously, people getting up in the morning, brushing teeth, showering. We see a peak and then it drops off. Two o'clock in the morning, you know, it, it's very much reduced from that. Sure, but on not average, as many people. <laughs> yeah, and we uh, see that seasonally as well. Yeah, when we have people who call complaints, concerns, what are the issues? What are things that, you know, commonly people encounter as it relates to water? You know, you started, you mentioned uh, uh, it's one of those services that people, you know, often don't see. And we have a saying in this industry that if people don't think about us, then we're doing our jobs. Mm. And you're absolutely right. So it's only when services lost that we usually get the phone calls and that's you know hey my water pressure is low or um, um, my wastewater isn't you know going down the drain like it's supposed to I've got to back up those types of things are the most common yeah I could see that that, that <laughs> like, you know, all of a sudden it becomes its priority one you've got your family and in our case you have three kids and you're trying to get ready and I'm sure for a lot of people a water issue doesn't happen at 2 a.m. or the convenient time. It's when you, you need it. Exactly, so, um, yes. But from my understanding, we you know, those uh, we don't have a lot of those types of issues. Yes, things happen, um, but I, I think you all, from what I've seen, you know, the, the service, the quality, the customer service, I mean, I know that is uh, you know, of the highest importance to your department to making yeah. sure those concerns are resolved and, and we fix what's going on. Absolutely, it is. Yes, we, we, we're available 24-7 to uh, respond to any of those types of calls, if you will. Uh, you know, if it's 2 o'clock in the morning and somebody's up and trying to brush their teeth, no water, we absolutely will respond to that. Are, on the conservation side, are there practical tips that your department gives to residents? And, and we were... Uh, at our last budget workshop last week, it seems like it was two weeks ago, <laughs> you know, we had the presentation on water rates um, from the outside group that studies this. And I was very um, just impressed at the, the amount of analysis and detail that goes into making recommendations on what those rates should be in the future and really trying to balance with you know, what are the needs of the city, keep those rates as, as low as we possibly can. But at the same time, you know, we're a growing city and growing demands. And but in that discussion, uh, you know, it was an emphasis on conservation into the future and not just for the city of Lakeland, for our region, the state of Florida, uh, it, with the, the limited resource that is water. And so I was just wondering, what are some practical tips that you have? And looking at, you know, I'll use my family as an example. We've got young kids and um as we're going throughout our day, my wife and I probably are not thinking about conservation as much as we should. You're just trying to get through 
bath time and you know does the yard <laughs> is it dry are we in a dry season and what so i'm just i would love some practical tips on what can we be doing as lakeland residents to conserve water sure there's actually uh, quite a bit that can be done and and i think it begins with having an awareness of the water use and, and turning on a faucet, let's say, to brush your teeth. How many times do people, you know, they turn on the faucet, they're brushing their teeth, and that There's water is run. continuously running. And, you know, I, I hate to admit it, I'm guilty of it myself periodically, but I have to think about it. Shut that water off while you're brushing your teeth. Uh, same with washing dishes. Most modern dishwashers are designed to remove, you know, food uh gunk and junk and off the dishes so you don't really have to wash them twice (laughs) yes exactly i'm guilty of that yeah do that um (laughs) shortened showers too and and you know they i forget what what it's called uh, a navy shower or something where you get in you turn on the water you soak yourself and turn the water off then you you know wash yourself down then turn the water back on simple things like that really really go a long way Uh, uh probably the biggest impact anyone can have is to moderate their level of irrigation Mm -hmm. if they you know have an irrigation system at their home that's really the biggest user of residential water is irrigation so uh, if you don't have a rain gauge have a rain gauge installed be very aware of the actual water needs and and city us in the water utility we have folks that can help out any resident with that type of thing okay so people could act we have staff who will go out and assist with Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, you know, provide low flow shower heads, let's say, okay. or uh, the little sink aerators that go on uh, your faucet. Those types of things really reduce water by aerating mm. and mixing air in with that water. So it reduces that water flow. You don't really uh, detect much of a reduction, but it is, is certainly impactful. Interesting. Yeah, that's good for people to know if someone is interested in having city staff come out and, and look at these things and make some recommendations, where, how do they do that? Just call our uh, uh, phone number or visit our website on the Lakeland uh, website okay. and uh, contact so, us. So that Lakeland, way. We'll be happy to help out. LakelandGov.net and then water. Water utilities, is, yes. Okay, okay. Yes. and go through that route. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a great resource for people. A lot of things you mentioned, just um, you probably need someone else saying, hey, you could do this, you could do that um, to, to walk you through it. I know we have that on the uh, the utility, the electric side as well, on mm-hmm. your folks who can um, kind of do an energy audit of the home, and those those are valuable. And, and uh, we do yeah. the exact same thing, only a water on audit. A water audit. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Let's talk about the trunk line a little bit. So we had, um, uh, I guess that was last week as well, we've had a lot going on on the commission uh, recently, but a um, a workshop on uh, what do we do with the American Rescue Plan, the funds that are coming uh, from the federal government in response to uh, local governments and loss of funds from COVID-19 and the pandemic. And Lakeland is receiving just over $22 million. But as I have explained to a lot of people, there are uh, very strict parameters for using those funds. And we can't just use it in any way we want and to, to plug holes in the budget or fund projects that fall outside of those parameters. But one of the things we are allowed to spend it on is infrastructure projects, water projects. And we have a trunk line uh, that is in need of replacement. I'm going to let you explain, one, what it is. What is a trunk line for the average resident who wouldn't know? Why is this project important? Uh, you know, and what does it mean for our city? Sure. Um, so we refer to it as a trunk line as really a major, and when I say major, there's a very large, uh, uh, in this case, a wastewater 
gravity line. Some lines you have to pump the water from point A to point B or okay. manhole to manhole. This is all gravity fed. It's on the uh, near western side of, southwestern side of Lakeland. And um, we identified a problem with this line. Uh, probably over the past year, we've had some just very minor uh, setbacks with the line, some, some holes that we've noticed that we've had to go in and repair. We started digging back through our records, and quite honestly, we, we don't know how old that pipe is. It's probably in excess of 50 years. Mm. Um, but I do know back in the mid-'80s, we, uh, uh, in order to kind of repair that line at the time, we did what we call slip line it. In other words, slipped a new pipe inside the old pipe. Part of the problem is that with that is that uh, it reduced the diameter and thus reduced the capacity of that pipe. Um, so in the combination of that limited capacity plus the what we uh, determined rapidly deteriorating condition of that pipe, we identified that as something that is in what I would consider dire need of replacement. And so when we brought that to the commission as one of the potential projects for those uh, American Rescue Fund funds, um, they, of course, voted to uh, fund almost the entire thing, which, you know, may sound, again, it is, there were limitations on what those funds could be used for, but water and wastewater infrastructure was one of them. What I would encourage our listeners to uh, keep in mind is this really benefits all of Lakeland, because if we had to go to some other funding source for this, we would potentially see a 1% rate increase for Mm. all wastewater customers. And so this avoids that. They avoid that added expense by using these funds for that project. Yeah. So the total, it's 18 million, about 18 million that we're uh, funding from the American Rescue Funds. Correct. Yes. And the water utility we're contributing, we had set aside a little over 2 million for that. Right. Yeah. And that's, it, it is at first, Look, I thought that's a it's a lot of money, and it's a it's a big chunk of the American Rescue Plan of the twenty two and some change twenty two million dollars that we have. But it is an, on one hand, we're fortunate that this money is available to use for something like this. Fair. And I think it took me a little bit but at first. Look, I thought I don't know. Do I do I really want to commit to eighteen of the twenty two for a trunk line? And it's a project that's not as uh, there's some that we we have that I think are shiny and they, they are they get a lot of public attention and there's a lot of excitement. You look at things like broadband and downtown and things that are fun and, and things <laughs> and, and uh, we all like those projects. But something like this, it's critical if it fails. Going back to, you know, when when there's a problem with water, it, ha- it gets your attention and you realize how critical it is. And so we have this opportunity, I think you sort of saw the commission working through that to see we have an opportunity to have this funded, combining the $2 million that was already set aside, put $18 million from the American Rescue Plan, uh, and have this funded, and not have to go out and borrow money, Correct. and then most likely see an increase to, to our customers in their rates that they're paying. Even if it was small, it's still, it's, it's an increase. And so as we work through that, I think we all collectively thought, okay, we, we will take advantage of the, the federal funds that we have and, and use it to fix this. Yes, and and as you mentioned, you know the bright shiny things are what people see. Right, and and you don't see a pipe that's five right. feet underground. <laughs> um, you know that's our job is to to pay attention to those and to uh, maintain those. And when they do 
reach the end of their useful life, that's our job to go and replace them. But again, it's out of sight, out of mind, but uh, uh, not to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you've been, and thank you for walking us through uh, what this is. And I know it took me several uh, just explanations of, okay, what's a trunk line? How does it work? Because I'm, you know, water in wastewater is not my everyday world. So um, I finally, I feel like now I can go out and explain it to people and say, here's what we're doing. Here's why this is important. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Polk Regional Water Cooperative. And that's another entity and topic that I think uh, for people who are connected to local government, they hear a lot about, but many folks, I don't think they do. And, and I have discovered as being the alternate, and I say alternate because the mayor is our representative uh, from the city of Lakeland, but in his absence, you know, I would step in and, and serve on that cooperative. But I, I would ask you to talk a little bit about, about why PRWC is what we call it commonly, why it's important and um, what it is and some of the, the topics that we're discussing as a region as we're looking at future water supplies. And mm-hmm. I just quickly, you know, I, I remember meeting with Tony, Tony Delgado, when he was city manager and I was running for office and just trying to get a sense of some of the most pressing and most important topics in the future. And he said something to me. I always remember he said, I think water is one, Chad, that people, uh, you know, aren't focusing on maybe as much as they should. And he mentioned the PRWC and what we're doing there. And so talk a little bit about that and the role that that entity plays. Sure. Um, So this goes back really more than 20 years in in the region. And when I say region, uh, primarily Polk County in Central Florida, um, as the region continues to grow, as Lakeland continues to grow, more and more people are coming in here but water, our source of water is really the upper Florida aquifer, and that's a limited resource. There's only so much to go around. But looking at 20 years ago, looking ahead, and right now we're looking 50, 75 years in the future, yeah. that amount of water that's underground is not sustainable at our current rate of growth. And so to to address that, knowing this is a regional problem, this isn't just Lakeland, this isn't just another uh, municipality here in the county, it's everybody is impacted by this. And so the group got together, this cooperative, Polk Regional Water Cooperative, is made up of uh, each individual municipality and Polk County to come together to try to solve this problem. What are we going to do collectively to try to address this to ensure there's adequate water supplies for our growing region? And so this entity came and it was legally formed in 2015. And we have been since that time uh, evaluating over 200 options of what projects that we can start uh, pursuing to address that uh, foreseen water shortage. Um, And so this group has actively been working on that. We've identified uh, four different projects for what we call alternative water sources. Two of those are going much deeper underground into the lower Florida aquifer as a source of water that we can pull up out of the ground, pump out of the ground, treat it, and then combine it with the other uh, upper Florida waters that we currently produce. It's so interesting because I think we you just assume water comes out of the ground. <laughs> and it, as I've learned and you hear more explanation of there are different levels. There's the upper Florida aquifer. And, and, and as you said, that is limited in, in how much water we can draw from that. And as we look out, 
not just 10, 20, but you're talking 50 plus years. What are the water needs? And then now we're exploring, uh, you know, going farther into the ground and into the lower floor in an aquifer. And so it's, for me, it's been a learning process, just learning about where the options we have, uh, where we can draw water from. And so that's the, the water cooperative. And it's been interesting to watch. You have different cities and in the county, Polk County's part of it. Uh, we're all representing our own interest and our own daily water needs. And I asked you about you know, how much water do we use? We have a permit for 35 million gallons a day, correct? So, correct. We're, a lot, so we're, you know, we're 24 in the neighborhood of 24 a day. Um, you know, we're not at that 35, but as we look at a growing city, I mean, there is um, eventually, you know, we may get to that point. So how, right. how do we, and not every city is in the same position as Lakeland. And so you see that, I've watched those debates of we're all, everyone brings their own interest to the table, but at the same time, we have a regional collective interest. And so to work through that and to think well beyond any of our terms, you know, we will be out of office by the time the, the implications uh, of these decisions. So it's just, it's interesting. And there's a lot that's happening in the area of water and a lot of thought, a lot of smart people coming to the table to talk about these things like yourself and your staff and others who, who really know the area of water. Uh, and I think that's, that's encouraging to know that we're looking at long-term solutions well into the future. Yes. Uh, right now, actually, I mean, we, we're immediately looking 20 years ahead. Ultimately, though, we're looking out to 2075, the year 2075, to try to plan these uh, uh, water resources and uh, to be able to serve the growing population. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's been a it's, it's a big topic that we've had a lot of discussion around the water cooperative. Let's talk a little bit about as we kind of end this interview about toilet to tap. So there was a story in the ledger recently about the county doing some, uh, you know, experiments and, and research on taking water, wastewater and being able to reclaim that and back into the water supply to use mm-hmm. for, as, as a source of uh, drinking water. And so uh, I think you have said to me before that uh, one of the greatest challenges is public perception. A lot of people, I think, wonder, is this, is it wishful thinking? Is this the future of um, reclaimed water and what we will see? Will this one day, you know, in 50 years down the road, will it just be common practice? So I'd love your, your expertise and thoughts on this one. So you're right. What's what's generally referred to as toilet to tap or taking uh, wastewater, treating it to a potable water level. That That's very viable. It's very doable. It's being done. Uh, I believe California, there are certain places in California where that is actually being done and uh, uh, it's meeting all drinking water uh, criteria and standards. It is a perfectly acceptable and viable just getting over that public perception of basically dre- drinking treated wastewater. But uh, in essence, we do that now. We, uh, you know, for City of Lakeland, we discharge our treated water. It goes into a river system that is ultimately used downstream by others as a source of drinking water. Um, There are other entities here in Polk County that may uh, inject that treated wastewater into the ground where it does ultimately mix with the source of drinking water. So it goes back into the, it, the it ground. It does. It? Yeah, yeah. So those types of things, whether it's discharged to a uh, river system or injected and then pulled out for drinking water, that's referred to as indirect potable. Okay. What you're talking about, this toilet to, tra- to tap, is really direct potable reuse. And basically you're setting up a water treatment plant 
right next to a wastewater plant, taking that treated water, treating it, treated wastewater, treating it, and using it to drink. It's, it's just the level of treatment is different than what we currently do with the uh, upper Florida and aquifer, but it is a perfectly viable and acceptable uh, method. Here in Florida, we don't quite have the regulatory framework okay. to allow that, though, but that is being worked on. There was a commission that was formed a couple years ago. They developed a framework. It was adopted by the state legislature. So those regulations are in process to make this a, uh, a legal way to provide drinking water for residents of Florida. Do we have any initiatives currently from the city of Lakeland uh, around toilet to tap or anything we're doing? So um, not yet, but uh, we are working with a consultant firm to look at that at option as one of several options. So right now, the treated wastewater that we have, we do provide reuse water for couple industries, but there is also excess reuse water that, as I said, we discharge to the Alafia River. That's a resource. What can we do with that excess resource? So we're going to be studying that over the next uh, probably year or so, um, because that may be a per- one of the options that, uh, that we look at. If it's cost effective, then we will probably pursue that at some point in the future. So more to come on this, I think, is the takeaway. It's fascinating to me on multiple levels, but as somebody who works when I'm not uh, at City Hall and the commission in the business of public relations, when I think of the public perception and the challenge of getting people uh, to buy into it and to change thoughts and attitudes and behaviors around something like started at the toilet and went wastewater and now it's coming back into the fountain and drinking water. Just the enormous challenge of that is one that is fascinating to me. And I look forward to seeing how that moves forward. And And I think there are some people who say, well, uh, sure, I don't have any problem with it, but others, it's just, uh, it definitely needs a new phrase or tagline other than toilet to tap. Because I <laughs> yes, think right does. out of it, you know, it's just, <laughs> it, it, that's a barrier for a lot of people. But uh, keep us posted on that. I, I look forward to hearing more and what happens Last question, and I really appreciate you doing this interview, Bill. Um, what's something about the water department that people would be surprised to know? I, I think the what people would be surprised to know is the absolute dedication of the staff that work. We have two, nearly 230 people that work in the water utility, oh. both water and wastewater, as I said. We have plant operators, we have mechanics, we have technicians, we have environmental folks, uh, the people who run our seven wetland system. They are, they're professional. Many of them are required to obtain and maintain a state license to do that type of work. And I, I especially saw this during Hurricane Irma and shortly thereafter, the sheer dedication they have to providing the service to our citizens, to uh, restoring that service after a storm event such as Irma. And so that's just, I'm constantly amazed, not surprised, but amazed at the, the level of dedication and uh, commitment they have to providing clean wastewater or clean water and treated wastewater knowing that that clean water is being consumed by people and that treated wastewater is ultimately going back to the environment there's a huge amount of pride that they have in doing that work absolutely i I think just hearing that we have over 200 employees in our water and wastewater departments and that team and what it takes 
to make this happen. Uh, I had forgotten that, that we had that many people behind the scenes. And, and like you said, you, you want to be out of sight, out of mind. That's a good thing. And so we do. We appreciate the, the employees who serve our city in the water department and thank them for, for all that they do. So Bill, I really appreciate you coming into a view from city hall. This has been a fun interview. I'm sure there are some other topics down the road that I'll have you back and we can talk about and update. And um, thank you for all that you do. I appreciate everyone out there listening to this podcast. Uh, you can find me on Apple podcast or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to thank in focus studios for uh, allowing us to record in here. This is a fun studio and there's always a lot of activity going on. And so it's, it's neat to sit here and look out there window and see things being filmed and it's a a good spot here in Lakeland so shout out to them have a great week everyone I'll see you back again soon